Well, good morning, Faith Covenant Church. Uh, so good to have the opportunity to be with you once again. Uh, as uh, Matthew mentioned, Oh, okay. I'm good. <laughs> Can you guys hear me? Uh, the last time I was with you was this time uh, last summer. And so uh, the world has changed dramatically since then, hasn't it? In fact, uh, it doesn't just feel like another year. It feels like another century uh, has passed and uh, so much is going on in our world uh, that is concerning to me, and I imagine that is concerning to most of you. And we're all kind of waiting with, break, with bated breath to figure out what's next. Uh, we know and we hear that we are in the midst of what we call a new normal, Right? But many of us are praying, oh, Lord, I hope this is not going to last. In fact, some of us, if the truth were to be told, we want to go backwards, right? Uh, when it was the way it was before, we didn't like it. But in light of what's going on now, boy, it seems pretty awesome to us. But the truth of the matter is, and I believe this with all my heart. You know, we're all over the place in our thoughts and our emotions. But we're all saying, God, what is going on? God, what are you up to? And uh, some of us don't know whether to blame it on the devil or God. I believe that God is sovereign, that he is in control, and that he is, get this now, superintending the affairs of man. Of course, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so we don't always understand what's going on. But the thing that we can be sure of, and that is that God is trustworthy. And that God is up to something good. Even though it doesn't feel good and it doesn't look good. Romans 8 says it's going to work together for our good. And so what we have to do is we have to figure out what God is up to and we have to get in line with God, right? The question that we all must ask ourselves is, God, how should I respond? And how shall I now then live? And so that's what I want to talk about uh, this morning. Let me say this, we need a prophetic word from God, we meaning the people of God, that is practical, that is progressive, and that will unify the people of God moving forward so that we all can get on the same page, and that's the page with God. And so I want to talk about what I believe it is. You know, we all have our ideas, right? We all have our solutions. We got so much going on, and we know that we need things to get better. We got so much racial unrest in our world. We got so many pandemic problems going on. We got so much political conflict going on. And we know that at some point, it's got to stop, right? Because we're headed off a cliff if we don't go, whoa, right? 
And so what I want to share uh, this morning is what I believe to be the anointed answer, the supernatural solution, and the inspirational ingredient to the problems of the world. In fact, uh, speakers don't normally do this, but let me give you my big idea for this message. My big idea for the message is this. If we're going to overcome the world's problems, we're going to have to overcome our love problems. Did you hear what I say? If we're going to overcome the problems of the world, we're going to have to overcome the problems of our love. In fact, let me go right to my title uh, for this message, which is Overcoming Love Issues. We need to overcome our love issues. Subtitle, Freeing Ourselves Up to Become, get this now, Highly Loving Followers of Jesus. That's the answer. I know it sounds simple, right? But it isn't simple. If it was simple, we would have solved it by now. But we can do it with God's help. Uh, my text is John 13, 35. Uh, this is familiar to most of us. It says this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, that you are my followers, that you belong to me. If you what? If you love one another. As we talk about our love issues, let, let me just say this. Let me be real clear, both to those of you who, who are here on site and those of you who are online. Let me be real clear. We all have love issues. So I'm talking to all of us. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to uh, everyone, right? Now, we all don't have the same issues, and, and we all don't have the same amount of issues. I mean, let's be honest. Some of us got more issues than others. <laughs> but we all have issues. We all, get this, we all need to do better and go higher and be greater in matters of love. Even those of you who have a reputation of being loving still have room for improvement because you still got your areas, right? We all got our areas that tick us off, right? That make us want to cuss somebody out. We all got our little buttons that if those buttons are pushed, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm not Christian today. Right? We all have those areas. In fact, let me give you an example in Scripture. Uh, it's in John chapter 21, 15 through 17. Some of you know this story. John 21 says this, And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Oh, Pete, how many of you remember Pete, right? Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? This is a very... Uh, interesting conversation, right? This is a very interesting moment in Peter's life. Peter was considered by some to be the top disciple, right? And Peter thought he was the top disciple. Peter thought he was the man. In fact, one of Peter's love issue, like some of us, is that he thought more highly of himself than he ought in matters of love, right? Before I go back to the text, let me just say this. And I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm talking about the people on the camera, right? <laughs> Some people think they're throwing down when it comes to love. 
Some of us think we got a PhD in love. You know, we think we're doing really well. That was how Peter thought. He thought more highly of himself than he ought, right? And it goes on. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? What did Peter say? Yes, Lord. Isn't that interesting? He didn't even pause. He just, oh, yes, Lord. Of course I love you more than these. It goes on. Uh, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. In other words, that was one of Peter's issues. Verse 16. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered again right away. Yes, Lord, you know uh, that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Now, isn't it interesting? Uh, newsflash, Pete, if he's asking you, do you love me? He's asking you for a reason. Because you're struggling and you don't realize it. How many people do you know who's struggling loving their spouse or loving their children or loving, get this one, their enemies, right? Some of us still think we don't have to love our enemies. Well, you do know that's in the Bible, right? And so some of us are struggling and like Peter, we don't, we don't realize it. Verse 17, the third time, Jesus had to say it to him three times. That's how much he was struggling. He said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now get this one. I love this one. Peter was hurt. <laughs> he was hurt. He got mad at Jesus because Jesus was questioning his love and Peter was hurt. Instead of, instead of recognizing that he's talking to God and God is trying to share with him a problem that he had, he got hurt. Why? Because one of Peter's love issues was pride. One of Peter's love issues was stubbornness. He was stubborn. He was prideful. And so, therefore, he wasn't loving people the way that he should. And when people pointed out his issues, he got hurt and he got mad at him. Does that sound like anybody uh, today? All that I've done for you and you're questioning my love? That's what some of us say, right? And it goes on. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say to you, Peter. Recognize who you're talking to. This is God. Of course I know all things. So if I'm pointing out something, it must be legitimate. You know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And so with the time that I have remaining, I want to talk about how we overcome our love problems. Again, each and every one of us have them. And if we're going to overcome the problems of the world, if we're going to be able to share the good news of the gospel in a way that is impactful and inspirational today, for me, that's the crux of the issue. It is love. See, we change this world, right? Get this, by loving people God's way and not our way. That's the problem for some of us. See, some of us, our love issue is I want to love you, but it's got to be my way. It's my way or the highway. I'm not going to love you your way. I'm not going to love you God's way. Look here, you got to take what I have to give. And so the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, right? 
and our love seems right to us and it seems like enough to us. But God is saying, you have to do it my way. You have to do it my way. And so we got to get better at that. So the major steps for overcoming the issues of love, I want to give you three. Again, I believe uh, that the times in which we live and where things are at, most definitely in my lifetime, it's never been worse. And as a student of history, I can't recall many periods of history where things were as drab and as dark and as divided as they are now, especially when it comes to, peop to the people of God. Look here. The church is the hope and the help in the healing of the world. That's what God put us here for. But unfortunately, we are so divided because of a lack of love that we're not doing what God put us here to do. We're not having the impact. We're not having the influence that God would have us to have. We are more committed to our political party and our political views than we are to the love of God. And so we are divided. And so I want to talk about what needs to happen for us to uh, be united to the extent where we can have the impact on the world that God would have us to end. And that, uh, and that is that we got to overcome our love problems. Now, three things that I want to mention really quickly. Number one, first of all, we have to comprehend our love issues. We have to comprehend them. We have to understand them. We have to stop and be prayerful and individually and collectively, we got to look in the mirror of God's word. And we have to say, Lord, show me my issues. Is that not what Jesus was trying to do with Peter? See, Jesus, some of you know the time period in which this conversation took place. It was after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus was on his way to heaven. And so he was trying to do a work individually. He had individual conversations with each of his disciples because he wanted them to be effective and he wanted them to achieve the mission of the kingdom of God. And he knew that what Peter needs to hear more than anything is that you got some love issues that you are not aware of and that unless you comprehend them, unless you understand them, you will continue to spin your wheels and you will continue to be less than what God has called you to be. And so we got to look in the mirror and we got to understand. Proverbs 4 and 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get what? Understanding. See, in this day and time, if things are going to change with the racial unrest, with the pandemic problems, with the political divide, we need to get some understanding. We need a prophetic word from God that is practical and that is pro progressive and that will unite God's people in their mission moving forward. We need understanding. Do you know what your issues are? Can you see them? Do you understand them? Some of us have been married 30, 40 years and we still don't understand our love issues. We're still saying stuff like, well, this is the way I was when you met me. Why are you expecting me to be any different, right? 
No, 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 no. You need to get some understanding. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. But here's the thing. Your marriage is not just going to be a good thing. You've got to make it a good thing, which means there's some things in your ways of love that you're going to have to change. And let me tell you, you can teach your old dog new tricks. I don't care what year you're in. If you would let go and let God have his way in your heart, in your mind, things will radically change in your relationship with your wife and your husband and your children and your coworkers and whoever it is because God's love is transformative. That's all we need. I know it sounds simple, but what we need in the world today is for the people of God to excel at the love of God. The love of God in the people of God is the transformative uh, action to changing the world. But it starts with uh, understanding that we have issues and what our issues are. Now, it goes without saying that the fundamental issue of our love problems is sin, right? That we have a fallen nature. That goes without saying. But the question is, how does that fallen nature reflect itself in your life? Is it your stubbornness, right? For some of us, nobody here, again, don't get mad. I'm not talking about anybody here. But some of us, we are small-minded. That's our issues. We are small-minded. And what I mean about that is that we think everything is about us. Everything revolves around us. Well, I don't like that. Well, I don't agree with that, right? Here's the reality. Who cares? Who cares what you think? Who cares? You're hurting my feelings. No, it's about what God thinks. It's about what the Bible says. God can care less about what you think about how something should be done. You're his servant. He is not your servant. He created you. You didn't create him. Come on now, our life has no purpose, it has no power unless we submit it to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Get out of yourself. Stop being so small-minded. Get over yourself. So comprehending, number one. Let me go to the second one. We got to understand. We got to uh, comprehend. I won't read it, but you know Romans 7 and 21. And Paul says, uh, the good I want to do, I find myself not doing. And the bad I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And then he says, woe am I, and, and who shall save me from this body of sin? You see, that's why Paul was so successful. He looked in the mirror of God's word, and he was honest with himself, and he comprehend, comprehended his issues. He says, I am who I am because of the grace of God. The second one, the second one. We're talking about how we overcome love issues. Not only do we need to comprehend our love issues, but we got to control them. We got to control our issues. Look here, you got some issues that's probably not going any, anywhere anytime soon, right? It's going to take a little time. But in the meantime, in between time, can you control them? Can you control them? Whatever your issues are. For some of you, your issue is anger. You just get angry, right? When people say and do certain types of things, you get angry. 
In those moments of anger, can you control yourself? Or do you end up saying and doing things that hopefully you regret? I was going to say that you regret, but some of us don't even regret them because we got love issues. But can you control them? Whatever they are, you've got to learn how to control them. Isaiah 59 and 19, I love this, this verse, an obscure verse that most of us have never seen in Isaiah. It says, so shall, so shall I fear the name of the Lord uh, from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. A part of controlling your love issues is you got to fear God. You, you got to have a healthy fear of God so that you don't do whatever you feel like doing. I mean, you done figured out by now you got to watch your feelings and you got to watch your flesh because they may be active at any moment and may cause you to do something that is contradictory to the word of God. And so when the prophet Isaiah says, I will fear the name of the Lord. Do you fear the name of the Lord? Right. And it goes on. It says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. Anybody ever had those moments where, you know, somebody pushed the wrong button and you can feel the enemy come in like a flood. Just it just floods in. And you're ready to do something, right? Well, what's the answer? The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. The Spirit of the Lord will remind you, you're a child of God. Don't go there. Don't do that, right? But here's the question. Are you listening? And will you submit? Or will you say, no? Nah. No, they didn't said that one time too many. I need to show them I'm not the one. You know, I haven't been saved all my life, right? And so don't have me to go BC before Christ on you. That we got you to control our love issues. We've got to fear the name of the Lord. And we got to allow the Holy Spirit to lift up the standards of the word of God, right? And uh, Galatians 5 and 16 and 18 on this thought of controlling our love issues. Galatians 5, 16 through 18 says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You got to walk by the spirit. You got to allow the spirit, the Holy Spirit that's inside of you to have his way in you. Right. That's the simple answer. You got to walk by the spirit in those moments and at those times. And when you're having those conversations and when you're on Facebook and you see somebody say something that's just stupid. About racism, about politics, right? And you're ready to type in something and the Holy Spirit say, leave it alone. Especially right now until you get a handle on yourself, right? And so you got to let the spirit lead you. You got to learn how to do that. And you know, that's not this uh, abstract thing like some people say. It's not a feeling that comes over you. Uh, walking in the spirit is walking in the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. That's all it is. Love, joy, peace, patience. That's being spirit led is allowing the fruit of the spirit to live in you and, and through you. Right. Let's go to the next point. I want to end on a practical note. So number one, we got to comprehend our love issues. 
pray, Lord, help me to see myself and help me see my issues. Number two, we have to control our love issues. And finally, we got to seek to conquer our love issues. We got to do away with them once and for all. We got to conquer them. We have to overcome them once and for all. And there's a few uh, practical things that I want to just conclude with. But before I do that, let me read uh, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, story in the Bible, Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 through 22. How many of you remember the story about the woman with the issue of blood, right? I think this is very apropos because many of us, most of us have, are men and women with issues of love, right? And this is a woman with an issue of blood. She was bleeding ongoing. And many of us symbolically are bleeding unlove and we're bleeding hate. And it has been going on for a long time. And we need to find a solution and the answer to our issues. And I love this woman's approach. Matthew 9, verse 20, it says this. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood, uh, 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. How many of you love this story? For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. We need Christians. We need the church to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. But Jesus turned to him about or turned him about. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. We need to touch the hem of his garment if we're going to address our love issues. Now, now, I would argue that the best way to conquer your love issues is to take the love challenge. And I want to end on that note. Just, just a few practical things as we conclude this message on love. And there's so much to say about love. There's so much to say about love. Two years ago, I preached a whole year on love. Over 50 messages. At that time, I thought I would never address another topic because I had found the topic that makes a difference. But I did go on to other topics. But there's so much to say about love and so much that we need to understand about love. And there's nothing more important than love, right? First Corinthians 13 and 13. Now by faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And so take the love challenge. I want to challenge each and every person here this moment to take the love challenge, personally take the love challenge. And, and, and so let me just quickly mention five things that you can do. You don't have to do all five of these things. This is just a, a list of suggestions that can get you started. Number one, read 1 Corinthians 13 every day for 30 consecutive days. How many of you know 1 Corinthians 13? The chapter on love. What a powerful chapter. In particular, verses 4 through 7 gives the characteristics of what love is and isn't. And every time I read that passage, I am convicted. Love is patient. Love is kind, right? And so read that every day for 30 days, and I promise you, your love will not be the same. That's the first challenge. Number two, pray for 30 consecutive days that God will show you your love issues and give you supernatural Holy Spirit love impartation. Pray 30 days for yourself. Lord, show me my issues. And boy, I tell you, if you pray that sincerely, God will show you some stuff. You might regret that you're, you was praying it because it might be overwhelming for you. Number three, 
I love this one. Identify three people that, w- that you possibly harbor some measure of unforgiveness against and that you will seek to forgive for the sake of love. Three people. I promise you, most of you can find three people. Maybe it's a national leader. For some of you, you might start with the president. It's Democrats. It's Republicans. Or it's a family member that did something to you that hurt you. Or it's a friend. But identify three people and say, Lord, I'm going to forgive them for the sake of love, no matter how bad they hurt me. Number four, identify three notable love goals that you will, that you will seek to achieve this upcoming year. What's your goals when it comes to love? Do you have any goals? Some of us have uh, professional goals, but we don't have any love goals, right? Do you have any love goals for your spouse, for your children, for your enemies, for your boss at work who gets on your last nerve, right? And then finally, uh, this one is simple, but it's powerful. Create a hit list of people You will text and call periodically to check up on and remind that you love them. Do you know how far reaching just a phone call can be? Right? There's some people you should call daily. If you have parents, you ought to call them daily. There's some people you should call weekly, biweekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. The love list, the love call list. Who should you be calling? Not just texting, that's all right. But whose voice do you need to hear? And they need to hear your voice. And so let me conclude with what I call a powerful question of love. This really helps me out. I adopted this about three years ago, and it keeps me out of a lot of trouble and gets me into a lot of good. Here's the question I always ask myself in the context of relationships and situations. What is the most loving thing to do in this moment? What is the most loving thing to say in this moment? Not what do I feel like doing and what do I feel like saying, but what would be the most loving thing to say to this person and to do in this situation? And if I would be honest with myself, it always keeps me on the straight and narrow in terms of manner of love. And so as we close on today, I just want to challenge us. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your issues are. I don't know what your struggles are. I know that you have them because we have a fallen nature and all of us are human. But here's my challenge to you. You take the love challenge and you say to the Holy Spirit, you say to God, God, how would you have me change? What would you have me to do differently in this moment in 2020? so that I can be a bright, shining light on behalf of the kingdom of God. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered into the hearts of men what God will be able to do if we would just love people with the love of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this moment. I thank you even for this year. It's been a difficult year, oh God. But I believe that you're up to something. And I believe that on the other side of this moment, you will be glorified. The good news will be shared like never before. The question is, oh God, is what is our role collectively and individually? And what would you have us to do in this moment in history 
Speak by your spirit, oh God, is my prayer. Before this day is up, before this week is up, I pray that you would have a personal conversation by your spirit with each and every one of us. Do what you do, oh God, is my prayer. If there's anybody here today who don't know you in the pardoning of their sins, I pray that they would give their lives to you today. If there's anybody here today who have backslidden, who have walked away from uh, a meaningful relationship with you, I pray that they would come back now in Jesus' name. If there's anybody here today who have not embraced the call of the great commission and of the great commandment to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, we pray that we would do that on today. We pray these and all other blessings in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray and let the people of God say, amen and amen. 